Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, my name's Jack King. I play for Preston Off End from 2012 to 2015. I'm currently playing for Ebbsfleet United Football Club in the National League. First and foremost, thank you very much for coming on. Much appreciated. No problem. Started out at Oxford, is that right? Yeah, so I was a I was a scholar at Oxford United. That's my that's where I'm from. Um, yeah. I live sort of ten miles outside of, of the city. Um, so I, I started playing for um, teams when I was around about nine. Got scouted then at Oxford United, and obviously trained with them and played games for them. I was with them for a number of years, um, and then. Basically, at about 13, I, th- I think I was around 13, um, I got released. Um, at the time, I was I was really small. Um, I was, you know, I was a very slight lad. I didn't really get a growth spurt until I was sort of 16, 17, really. Yeah. Um, and that probably that probably worked against me at the time. To be honest, I was a central midfielder. I was I was neat and tidy on the ball, but never really um, never really had the stature to dominate games. And uh, the I remember the head of the the scholar uh, head of the Centre of Excellence at Oxford left. He was a Welsh guy, a guy called Malcolm Elias. Um, he always obviously rated me. Um, he went up to Swansea and took over their uh, their academy and just he just phoned me basically and said, "Look, I've always rated you. Um, you're welcome to come up here and, and train the bus and, and see how you like it." Obviously, it was a quite a long distance for me. It was a sort of two two and a half hour drive. Um, I spoke to my parents about it and, you know, my dad was, fortunately, my dad was happy enough to, to drive me up there and do the, do the travel arrangements. Um, and I went up there and I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good set of lads. I ended up signing for them for two years until I was um, 15 going on 16. And that, that gets to the stage, obviously, where you either, you get a, you get a full-time scholarship or you, or you get released. And, and fortunately, I, I got offered a scholarship up there, which, which meant moving up there. Um, you know, it was it was obviously sort of quite tough. I was only at the time I was only fifteen, just just left school. Jesus. Um, yeah, so it was it was obviously but it was always something I wanted to do. You know, I, I'd always yeah. wanted to be a professional footballer, and when you get offered that opportunity, you know, there's no way you can turn it down. I, I never really had an interest in in sort of further education and stuff like that. So yeah. um yeah, it was obviously pleasing when I got offered that scholarship. It was a proud moment for myself and my family and. Um, something I really don't regret. I, I really enjoyed my time at Swansea. So what what happened at Swansea then in the end? Um, so uh, first season I was doing doing fairly well. I was in the reserves as a regular, one of the sort of few scholars that was was in the reserves. It was a quite a turbulent time for the club at, at the time. They were they were in um, League One, League Two, a bit up and down. It was um, a sort of turbulent time for the club's first team. Um, we weren't a, a brilliant scholarship to be uh, scholars to be honest. Um, you know, we had an okay team, but never, never really probably what they are now. Um, I know their their use up is very good now. 
But um, at the time, we were probably just an average sort of League One, League Two scholarship team. Got to my third year, which I got offered a third year, but got to that year, which is basically make or break. That's when you either turn mm. pro or, or not at all. And um, the first team got a new manager in, a guy called Brian Flynn. Um, he never, I knew from, from sort of early on that he didn't really rate me, he didn't, didn't really show too much interest in, in, in the young lads. And um, obviously with the club, being how it was at the time, it was it was imperative that the first team, you know, um, progressed and and um, ended up not not getting offered a pro pro contract there. It was it was something that I thought I probably would have done in my second year, but in the, in the yeah. third year, I, I was fully aware that the manager wasn't really rating me, and and that's that's football. We fully accepted it. Um, I left there after my third year. I would have been eighteen, going on nineteen, um, and moved back home. And at the time, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I Obviously, I wanted to be a professional footballer, but um, having sort of moved home and moved about a little bit, it was it was all a little bit up in the air. Um, and as, as it was, the time of the year that I um, we were told about our contracts was, I think it was around about January, February. Um, so there was time left of the season. Mm. We um, had, a, had a few phone calls. Bristol Rovers wanted me to go up there. So I went up there and trained for a week. Um, we come to, there was basically a trial game or a reserve game that I was supposed to play in. Um, turned up to that and it turned out that basically because our um, registration was with the Welsh FA um, I couldn't play in England um, <laughs> for another professional club so it was didn't obviously didn't know that at the time I didn't didn't have an agent or anything like that so yeah. I didn't, didn't, didn't really know the rules and regulations on it um, and and so I couldn't couldn't actually play in the game I watched the game and um, we sort of shook hands at the end and, and I couldn't really do much because Swansea still held my registration yeah. Um, the only thing I could do was go and play for a men's team um, in in non-league, which is what I did. Um, I moved back home with my parents and played for my local team, Dickot Town, just till the end of the season to stay fit. And and in the end, it was probably best the best thing I did. Um, yeah. It really helped. It really helped me with my experience. You know, playing youth team football is, is okay, but I don't really think you you properly learn the game until you play with men and you, you play with. You know when it really matters, and yeah, not yeah. so much li- livelihoods on the line at, at that level, but when you know when you're playing and with men that really care about the game, it's it's about the football at that level, isn't it? It's I, not it's not so it much is, about yeah. the money and and, and everything yeah. else that comes with football. Yeah, and and obviously, especially for me, I was say I was only slight in my teens. I was I was I was a little player, and I, I really sort of shot up in my time at Swansea. I grew sort of nearly a foot in that time in sort of mm. two or three years. Um, so I was filling out in my frame and I was sort of in effect having to learn the game again because I was so small I had the had the basics and I had the technical ability but I, I didn't really have the physical side of the game um, and I didn't sort of you know it's very uh, pass 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 at, at scholarship level and when I when I when I played for Dickart and sort of moving on from there it I really started to learn the game I learned about sort of how to win a game and how to manage a game and that's I feel like that those sort of three, four, five years that I played in non-league really, uh, really helped me in my development. And it was, you know, it's something that I look back on now as, um, you know, I was pleased that I did. And I, I think that stood me in good stead for the, for the rest of my career, to be honest. Yeah. Do you think, obviously, there's, there's a lot invested in sort of under-23s at this level and, and, and youth setups at probably more at bigger clubs than, than anything else. But, you hear it said quite a lot 
about get kids out on loan, get them playing in League Two, League One, non-league, wherever it may be. Um, obviously, you you just said it; it helped you. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that exposure early on is is better for the the development of a player as opposed yeah. to yeah, spending I think so, so much I think, time in, in in the youth? Certainly, I think if I if I was a manager, coach um, at one of these teams, I think. Um, uh, if you offered me a, a lad that was coming through in the 23s and played um, every every year at that level, or if you offered me him to go out on loan for a season or two seasons before he's 21, 22, 23, um, I'd certainly take that option. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like I said, the, the experience that you gain from playing with men and, and especially at sort of League 1, League 2 level where they're probably not on as big a money as what, what a lot of the first team players will be on at your, your current club and and it means so much to them they're on maybe one year two year contracts yeah. um, they're playing they're playing for their families they're playing for their futures and and it really it really means a lot and you know if you if, if you're not up to the level there they'll tell you um, and I think you know that can only stand you in good stead you might make mistakes you might you might not play as many games as you want but even just just being around the dressing room and around a different culture um, I think it can it's, it's really beneficial and you know I know from playing with a number of lads over the years that have come from Premier League teams and and um and championship teams you know they've they've maybe not sort of stand, stood out or done so well but then when they do go back to their clubs they they you know they've progressed and they yeah. they come on and you know I've seen it a few times where I've probably thought of players maybe not quite up to the level of championship Premier League but when they when they've had their loan they go back and they ended up yeah, you know, they end up forcing their way into the team and, and playing regularly. And I think, yeah. like I say, I think that that comes from benefiting in and around senior players and training, you know, week in week out with the same team and players that it means a lot too. Yeah, I think you can you can look at a few a few lads in the squad at North End at the minute that that took a few of those boxes. Obviously, Ben Davis has been. I think he went to York on loan. He went to Fleetwood on loan, uh, yeah. and now he's arguably with without wanting to sound like I'm being biased because I'm a North End fan, but he's arguably <laughs> one of one of the best central defenders in, in the championship. Alan Brown, not he's not had loans, but he, he came into North End as a young lad uh, and and was probably exposed to a higher level of football than where, where he would have seen that in, in, in Ireland where he was. Um, and obviously again, you know, look at him look at him now, he's absolutely flying. Yes, I mean it's interesting to see the development of both of those players because obviously I played with both myself. Um, I used to Alan. Alan used to be a housemate of mine, so I sort of I still keep in touch with him quite a bit. It's, you know, both players. I'm sure they'd be first to admit them when they first stepped into the first team. Um, you know, they they probably wouldn't have uh, probably wouldn't have as envisaged you know their rise as you know as quickly as they as they have done. It's um, I certainly remember Alan coming over as a young lad from Cork. He, he was only slight in his frame. He was he was a really shy guy. didn't didn't speak too much. Um, and I remember in training, every every sort of t- obviously you have your small sided games, and every time he got the ball, you could see he had ability. But he, he just kept kept getting caught on the ball quite a lot. Um, yeah. You know, he, he he would turn out, especially as a midfielder. It's you know it's tight in there, and it's hard in those little little small sided games. And um, I remember he kept getting the ball taken off him, and he just but he kept going and he kept going. And like I say, I think. The progression of the club and and the fact that the club's had better players over the years, certainly since my time there, um, you know, gradually improved the playing squad um, season on season. And it's 
it's probably stood them in good stead. They they've obviously learned from more experienced players, and as the as the standards got better. So they've had to improve and, and they have done and they've stepped up to the plate. Um, you know, I've, I've watched a, a number of games and, you know, those two players in particular have stood out to me as being better players and, you know, certainly playing beyond their years as well, I'd say, because, mm. you know, they both seem to take responsibility on the pitch and it's um, it's really pleasing to see both of their both of their careers blossoming. Yeah, I don't think it's any coincidence that both have been given the, the armband either under the current manager. No, exactly. I think... You know, you don't get given the armband at a club unless you're unless you're a leader, unless you're trusted on the pitch. And like I say they, they they've both been given that responsibility, and I think they've um you know it's both benefited. It's benefited both of them. So you had was it Brackley or Didcot? Uh, it was so I was at Didcot for I think it was about I don't know if it's half a season or a season and a half when I first moved back, and then I went to Brackley Town. Um, where again, it was it was a sort of gradual step up in standard. I thought it was sort of through my through my non-league career, I sort of stepped up pretty much a league nearly every year. Yeah. Um. So I went to Brackley again. It was better better money, a more professional club, um, better standard, and you know I coped pretty well to be honest. Um, I was I was fairly consistent through through like say through my non-league career and I. I found myself getting better year on year, to be honest, as I, yeah. as I strengthened up and as I, as I gained that more experience. Um, were you a... working part-time as well? Or were you working yes. full-time, playing part-time, sorry? No, so I was, I was um, working as well. So um, my dad's got a building company, which um, I started working for. So the, the money at those levels was never enough that could you know, keep you going. So we were training Tuesday, Thursday, and then obviously games on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I started working, worked for my work for my father on the groundworks, which is obviously on a building site. Um, and again, that I think that sort of gave me a grounding and toughened me up a little bit. It's, you know, you're in the real world then from, yeah. from, from kicking a ball from kicking a ball around every day of the week and, you know, not having too many worries, no bills, no nothing to, to get in on that. It um you know, it really benefited me and I I sort of I'm grateful for that grounding. It I sort of look back on that even, you know, even to this stage of my career and um, it was certainly something that when I when I did go full time that um, I was appreciative appreciative of the position that I was in. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was hard work. It was you know six until five thirty at night. It was a sort of eleven twelve hour shift. You know, all in all, and to go from there, rushing off training, getting back at sort of nine ten at ten at night. It's not easy. You know, and it's certainly not easy physically to to keep yourself on on top form. So um, I had to learn quickly how to how to cope with that and. Thankfully, I did, you know, and I was still able to maintain a, a reasonable level on a on a Saturday on the pitch. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you how did you find sort of balance in that? Was it was it tough? Because obviously, you were you, you were, what late teens, early twenties. Uh, yeah, so I was in my early twenties, you know, at that point, and it, it was okay. I'll say at that at that age, you can still get away with sort of playing playing you know as much as you want yeah. really. you've, got, you've got the legs there's no tiredness in there it was you know obviously sleep wise it was it was quite tiring on the body but um you know I think as much mentally as anything I, w- I still wanted to be and I still believed I could have gone back full time yeah um and a, you know a, n- a number of my managers and coaches etc still still told me that they still they still said oh we can you know you can go full time you can go full time keep going and I was always a professional lad I never drunk um you know, I, I did things right. I didn't really go out too much. Um, so at that stage, it was it was still just about keeping my head down, and yeah. and that's what I did. And I think you know, in the end, that probably paid dividends for me. So then, 
you moved to Farnborough, is that right? Yeah. Was that, uh, yes. un, was that under Graham Wesley? No, it was a guy called Steve King uh, oh, right. was managing there at the time. <clears throat> I had a phone call. I was I could have stayed at Didcot. I had a phone call to say, um, basically, I remember the phone call and he said, look, I'm getting a team together that's going to win this league and we're going to win the league above as well. Um, we're putting a team, it was in the Southern League Premier at the time. Yeah. Um, and he said, look, I've got a team together here. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league above as well. Um, I want you to be part of it. Come and come and meet me, etc. Um, and I did. And um, you know, certainly that team was was very good. I think that 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 level. I haven't seen too many better teams than the team we had. Um, you know, at the time, Farnborough were paying quite reasonable money, and um, you know what it's like in non-league. A lot of players will will sort of follow that money around and. You know, for us, it was beneficial because we had such good players. We had, yeah. you know, he, he picked a lot of players out of the Conference South and even the Conference that dropped down to that level to to play for him. Um, and, you know, the team was really good. I don't think, you know, nobody, I didn't really know a lot of the players. It was a lot of the players that had signed come from sort of Essex, London, where they all they all knew each other from playing at those levels. And obviously, I was the only one from over, um, over more in the Southwest and nobody really knew me. I don't, I was sort of quite a quiet lad. No one... I sort of kept my head down. I didn't. I don't think anyone really expected me to to play too much there because they they'd all knew knew each other and they'd all played together. Yeah. Um. But but it obviously again turns out I sort of kept my head down. I worked worked hard and um, forced my way in pretty early and you know again a successful time really. We I had two seasons there. We won the league quite comfortably that year, um, which was obviously pleasing. And um, the second year was a bit of a it was a bit of a uh, funny one actually because we ended up coming second. We we sort of threw the league away a little bit at the end, and um, we ended up finding ourselves in the playoffs. But during that playoff campaign, we the uh, chairman announced that the team were going full time the following year. Which at the time, obviously, a lot of the lads were in established jobs, and um, the money was never going to be enough to cover the job and and part time football. Yeah. Um, so in the end. Uh, um, the whole squad left, um, which was a funny one. We, we were going into the playoff final knowing full well that nobody was going to be there the following season. Um, we obviously had our meetings and they, they made a few offers, but it, you know, to be honest, and the uh, financially it wasn't benefiting anyone to go full time at that stage, yeah. um, especially at the level level we were at in the Conference South. It was <clears throat> there was no other teams full time, and it it really didn't make sense. But um, so that was the reason we part our parted ways there. Um, I say we had a we had a successful successful time at the club and it was um, you know a really a really good set of lads and, and I played probably some of my best football there. I got player of the year that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I got in the team of the season and um, you know it was a it was a, certainly a time I look back fondly fondly on in my career um, and that's in the end what how I ended up moving on. I went to I signed for Woking from there because obviously teams knew that the Farmer team was. Um, was a you know a wreck and everyone was looking for clubs so mm. um, that's what happened the better teams in that league picked up picked up a lot of the players and I, um, I got a call from Gary Hill and ended up signing for Woking that season did, so did Farnborough end up winning the playoffs? Um, no we lost in the playoff final we lost to funny enough Ebbsfleet I think I can't remember the score but yeah we lost to Ebbsfleet but it was a I say it was a funny feeling because I mean we won the we won the um, semi-finals against Woking and you know at that time no one everyone sort of presumed they were going to be there the following season but 
having having heard the news that we were going full time before the final, it was a obviously we wanted to win as professionals, and we yeah. you know we were sort of slightly unfortunate not to win. But it's a strange feeling when you're trying to get promotion um, to a league, knowing full well you're not going to be at that club the following season, especially yeah. the lads that are playing, etc. It's slightly different if you you know you're not involved or you're not on the bench or you're on the bench, but um, certainly a, a feeling that I, I, a decision and a feeling that I thought was quite a strange one to make at the time, but. Um, you know, we obviously didn't didn't win it in the end, and and that team, you know, broke up. Yeah. So then Woking was it? Yeah. Um, went to sign for Woking. They were we'd actually beaten them the season before in the playoff semi final. Um, so they were a strong team anyway, and you know they added some good quality. They got sort of two or three players from the farmer team that I was yeah. in, who we were all good players, um, and had a real go at it. And um, yes, yeah, so again. Play. I wouldn't say it was my best season to be honest. I played okay. I was, I was sort of. I played sort of most weeks. I don't know how many. I think I made forty odd appearances. But um, as in personal performances, it probably wasn't my my best season. I, I played better the season before, but again, managed to managed to get in a team of the year, and we uh, we ended up winning the league fairly comfortably again. Um, so it was obviously pleasing. It's not you know whatever level you play at, getting getting a promotion with a with a team and. Especially when the team is such a good set of lads, is you know it's really enjoyable. And um, the more I've I found that, the more I've sort of played and further I've gone down my career. You know, it doesn't matter what level you play at. If you if you're doing well and you're getting promotions and the, you know the crowd are there and behind you, it's um, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was that season. I I got in the team of the year and um, more more so. I, you know, I was quite noticeable at the time. I'd put on a bit of size and sort of bulk myself up a bit I was I was obviously a big lad for a midfielder at the time um, and you know I, I'd shaved my hair so I think that made me a bit more noticeable and I think I think that probably contributed to me getting in the team of the season that year because you know I didn't win any player of the year awards at my club and um, you know I'd probably say my, my season was probably a six or a seven out of ten at best that year yeah um, but that's in the end where I got my move from um, you know that's how I how my move come about to Preston um, and sort of that was in the end was my last season in in non-league. Apparently, um, Wesley had scouted you in the past. Is that yeah, so that you were aware of. Or? Yeah, so I'd I'd, uh, I'd heard in January of the, of the interest from Preston. Um, I think Graham must have taken over at Preston around that time. And um, there's a John Dreyer actually is yeah. from is originally from my local area, so he knew about me. He watched quite a lot of, of football at that level. He'd already known about me, and um, he made an inquiry early on um, when they were actually at Stevenage. Um, but at the time, John said, I sort of found out later on that John had said they had a player in Michael Boswick that was fairly similar, quite quite versatile, etc. Um, so he, they decided not to pursue it in the end. But um, when I did get the call, basically they said, "Look, we want to sign you." Um, we, we they sort of were basically their first inquiries just to see what my contract situation was at Woking. Um, I'd only signed a year and I was obviously over 23, so I was out of the age of the Bosman ruling. So I was on a free in the summer. Um, yeah. and he said, Look, we're in January, there's no point in us paying for you now. Um, finish your season off and then, and then we'll speak in the summer. And, and that's basically how it came about. I got a call right at the end of the season to say, Preston are interested in you is there any chance you can go up and train which was um, I remember in the end it was Graham Alexander's last season so um, 
I'm at, I spoke to Gary Hill and I said, look, I've got the opportunity to go and train at Preston. What do you think? We'd already won the league by that time. So he was really good with me. He said, yeah, look, no problem. Um, go up and train, go up and train, um, see what you have to think and, and let me know. And that's what I did. I, I played a cup final on the Sunday for Woking. Um, I travelled up after that to, to Preston on the Monday morning and um, trained for a week there. It was, it was certainly, I played 90 minutes on the Sunday and uh, I got to the, I got to, it was actually, they were training at Deepdale at the time because I think they had one more game left of the season. But I think it was Bournemouth or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I remember coming into the, into, into Deepdale and obviously coming from the clubs that I'd been at, it was, um, you know, I was sort of half in order place. I knew Preston was a, was a big club with with a lot of history, but um, didn't really, you know, quite know much more about about the club. And you know, when I when I turned up there to train at Deepdale that um, that day, and you know, my heart was set. It was a uh, you know straight away I wanted to sign, and I knew that you know if anything was offered, there, I wouldn't I wouldn't hesitate. Um, yeah. And I say again, I did I did pretty well. We we had a we had an eleven v eleven game, um, true Graham Wesley style. It was a uh, yeah, you know, I played ninety minutes on the Sunday, and I turned up on the Monday morning to another ninety minutes. Um, I remember it was it was basically I think the youth team had won their league, so it was the youth team the sort of I think it was basically the lads that hadn't played on the Saturday for yeah, the first yeah. team and cut their little trialists and just squad members etc. Because obviously the squad was fairly big at the time, um, and I ended up playing. I played centre mid that, that day. I remember I was playing with Jeff Monacana and uh, Kimar Daly actually. And to look back on it now, it was probably I was thrown into the gauntlet a bit with them two because they, they don't do too much tracking and uh, yeah. too much off the ball. Um, but I ended up doing well. It was, I say, it was a tough game. It was, it was a full ninety minutes, and I think I scored. Um, I did pretty well. Um, and Peter Ridsdale was actually in the um, in the stands watching with with Graham, as Graham does. Great, you know, he does that a lot. He likes he likes eleven v eleven games and. You know, looking at different formations and different yeah. players, etc., and obviously keeping you fit as well at the same time. Um, so yeah, tra- trained the rest of the week as normal at Deepdale. Had a meeting um, at the end of the week with my agent and Graham at the on the Friday, and he just said, "Look, we want to sign you. You're a good player, but what money do you want?" Um, and at the time, I, I'd had a few offers from from clubs in AFC Wimbledon and Barnet and a few others um, to go full-time, which A, financially and B, progression-wise, they weren't the right moves for me. Um, yeah, even you know, if I didn't, they, I, uh, I don't even know where Barnet is, but I'm guessing Wimbledon's probably a lot more local yeah, so than Preston. Yeah, they were all local teams, but you know, um, at the time, Barnet were down the bottom of League Two. Um, Dagenham came in, they were down the bottom of League One and looked like they were getting relegated. Um, and AFC Wimbledon were just coming up out of the conference at the time right. um, so you know I sort of had a look at those teams I didn't having spoken to them I didn't think their um, ambition quite matched sort of what you know although I wanted to be a professional footballer I didn't want to be a professional footballer just for anyone I wanted to be a yeah. team that um, wanted to win things and wanted to push for promotion and you know I didn't feel that was the case with, with you know any of those teams um, and you know obviously Preston had sort of not long dropped down at the championships. It was a massive club. I, I see it that they'd sort of bottomed out and, um, you know, the only way was up from there. And, and um, you know, we managed to get terms agreed. Um, you know, we had a few strange, you know, it was a bit of a strange meeting on my part because my agent was discussing um, terms with, with Peter Ridsdale and, 
I was being uh, grilled by Graham Wesley in the time, trying to, <laughs> as, as I sort of look back and find out now that he was just trying to get in my head and sort of test my character a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was obviously, I got offered a year's contract with a year option and it was, um, you know, it was really pleasing to, to get that signed and um, certainly one of the proudest moments in my career. When you say he was grilling you? So, I saw a fan, obviously since heard more stories from players he's done it to before, but he, he said to me, uh, he said to me, uh, do you, do you shirk a tackle? <laughs> obviously I was six foot two. I was quite built at the time. I said, uh, no, why is that? And he said, oh, okay, just thought you might have shirked the tackle a little bit. And I said, no, no, no. I said, if, if someone, uh, if the tackle was there, I'll be going through it. And he was like, right, okay, good, good. Um, and then he said, uh, he said, I've got, um, I've got a few players in that dressing room there that uh, might want to leak something to the press. He said, uh, if one of those players leaks a story to about you to the press, what are you going to do about it? Uh, and I said, look, I said, to be honest, if I, if I find out who it is, I said, I'm going to grip him up against the wall and, and find out what's going on. And he was like, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And obviously looking back on it now, it was probably exactly the answer he's looking for because he just, the one thing with Graham, he wants mentally strong people in his yeah. team. Um, you know, he doesn't want people who are going to shirk a battle and, and shy away from that sort of stuff. He wants mentally strong. He wants men basically. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the end, it was probably the right answer. But at the time, I didn't really know. I, I never knew too. Mu- I never knew too much about him at all. I'd only really met John Dreyer. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a baptism of fire, but it was pro- probably a sign of you know things to come that season. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I've I've spoken to um, I've had Neil Meller on. Uh, I've had Ian Hume on. Yeah. Um, Ian Hume's not a fan. At all. No, of course. Listen, it's, everyone, everyone will have. Everyone can only judge on their own personal experiences. You know, Graham yeah. was always good with me. Brought me to the club, which I'm thankful for him for. And he was always fine with me. I say I was. I'm the sort of guy that's pretty straight down the line. I yeah. Don't, I don't bullshit too much. I just get on with my job. I work hard. I've always, I've always been like that. And um, I think he respected that. You know, um, I didn't, I didn't get involved in too much of the politics and the drama of it all um, and I think again that probably comes from my, my background and my ground yeah. where I've, I've sort of done a day-to-day job I've, I've been in the real world and I sort of appreciated the position I was in so um, I didn't get involved in too much of that and um, but you, you know I can you, I can look back on it now and I can laugh at a lot of the stuff that yeah. went on and happened some were good some were bad it's it's how it is you, you know I know he's not everyone's cup of tea and um, at times, it, you know, it was difficult, certainly physically, um, and for the lads that were, you know, like Humi, that were sort of cast aside a little bit and made difficult for it. You know, it is tough, and I, you know, I've seen it throughout my career. It's, um, you know, when you're not favoured and you, and the club wants you out, all sorts of stuff can go on, and it's, yeah. you know, it, there's a lot of politics in football, and you know, 90% of football goes on behind closed doors, and and you know, fans don't find out about it, certainly, you know, like yourself with with podcasts and more and more social media etc more things come out and you'll see that more over the years I think but mm. you know which can only be a positive it's you know a lot of underhand tactics and stuff when when you're trying to get players out is you know is never ideal and you know I think um, you know like I say you can only you can only judge people on how they are with you and he, he was always good to me um, you know personally so um, you know I've got no real real complaints about him you yeah. know he, he, he's always spoken for, you know fairly well of me so 
um, he was pretty good. But certainly, obviously, a lot went on that season that um, you know a lot a lot gets spoken about still, and I still get asked questions about him. You know, even yeah, now about some I of the stories imagine. and stuff, and you know, I would probably say ninety nine percent of the stories are probably true. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, <laughs> so how how was it then for you that first season going full time professional? Um, it was okay. I, you know, I, going in, you know, going in, I'd stepped up a you know a number of leagues. I stepped up three leagues to play at that level. Um, you know, I was under no illusions that. You know the fans weren't going to get excited by my arrival. I was, uh, you know, the fans had big expectations, and you know, still do now. And I knew that, you know, you're signing a player out of non-league at my, especially at my age, with you know, get going on. I was 25 at the time, nearly 26. Um, you know, they didn't really expect me to pull up too many trees, and I knew that. I, um, you know, it was. I didn't really know too much about the standard. It was. You don't know what to expect when you first go to a club, um, but. Again, sort of kept my head down, worked hard. I, the training was good. Um, I think my the way I played the game probably helped me. I don't hold on to the ball too long. I'm not really a dribbler. Um, I was more of a passer and and uh, more reading the game than anything. So it was, um, you know, I think that probably stood me in good stead because, you know, when you when you do sort of rely on your passing ability, etc., when you're playing with better players, it's easier. Mm. Um, the, the pitches were better. Um, the thing I think the thing you find is the the tempo of football increases, um, but with the increase in tempo, come you know it's easier on the ball because you've got so many options and you've got so many better players around you. Um, yeah. And when you do get you know when when you do give people a ball, they can look after it. So um, I wasn't too sure what to expect that first season. I probably I probably thought if I could be you know in and around the squad and, and make make sort of you know twenty odd appearances, I'd have, I'd have done pretty well and. Um, you know, probably surprised myself. I had a pretty good preseason. Um, fans, you know, warmed to me pretty quickly. They were they were really good with me, um, and obviously ended up ended up changing positions during that time. But um, <laughs> and and ended up obviously playing a lot of games. I think I made probably forty five, maybe forty six appearances that season. Yeah. Um, you know, which is obviously really pleasing, having come from the level I did. How did you find it moving up north? Obviously, being being from down south. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Um, I say there was, there was a number of other players, obviously uh, the likes of John Massinho and Joel Byron, etc., all moving up at the same time. Um, there was quite a big turnover in in players that that in that off season. So yeah. I think not, not you know not being the only one to to move and not being the only one in a new city probably helped. Um, yeah. I moved to, I moved to Livam straight away, which. It was a good decision. I, you know, I still go back there now, and really nice, nice part of the world. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I loved it to be honest from from the get go. As to where I live, where I live back home is was a village. Um, and to move, obviously, with, with Preston City Centre so close by, Livam's really nice. And used to go into Manchester a bit, so really enjoyed living up there. And um, you know, in the end, John Massino and Joel Byron moved next door to me in the apartment next door, which right. obviously helped. So we had we had. Things you know, people to do stuff with. Um, ended up living with Bailey Wright for a bit as well. So yeah. um, always. I was going to say because wasn't the you Bailey and Alan living in the same place at one? Yeah. So at the time it was um, Bailey lived with Conor McLaughlin and Dan oh, Devine. Right. Yeah. Um, they lived in St Anne's and I was living on my own. Um, John Massino and Joel Byron were living together in the apartment next to me. Um, so in the end, I thought well, there's no point in me living on my own there, just down the road. We were always going out for dinner every night and doing bits and bobs. 
Um, so ended up moving in with Bailey. Um, Dan Devine obviously moved, moved away into to Scotland. And Connor was obviously playing for Fleetwood. Um, so yeah, I moved in with him. And I say, I really, that was probably my most enjoyable time then first couple of years when, yeah. um, you know, all the lads were, were local and we had plenty to, plenty to do. Um, you know, on the pitch, it wasn't as successful as we'd hoped, but, um, you know, off the pitch, I was certainly enjoying life and, and really pleased I'd made the move. Um, you mentioned before, obviously you changed positions quite a lot that, that first season. Um, I think we spoke about it the other night as well. Was it right back, centre back, centre mid, right midfield and a striker? Yeah, I'd, I mean, it, I played everywhere, to be honest. In non-league, I'd, I'd predominantly played centre midfield. Yeah, I'd scored scored quite a lot of goals, and that's all I'd really known. I played probably a handful of games at centre back just to fill in. Yeah, and that was about it. I didn't really know that position at all. all I think that was, was more fit. down to the fact that you, like you said, you'd filled out a bit, big lad. Yeah, possibly. I say when I was younger, I would never have played centre back because I was yeah. so small. And um, as I did fill out a bit, I, I say at, at that time. Um, a lot of fans won't believe I could I could actually run at that time. So it was uh, <laughs> I used to I get up and down the pitch and it I say sort of being being over six foot and if you can handle the ball and and sort of run to some extent then um you know it sort of qualifies you to play pretty much anywhere. And um I remember Graham came over to me in one of my sort of early sessions at, at Preston and he said uh he said, uh, have you ever played centre-back? And I said, no, not really. Um, and I'll never forget one of my one of my managers in, in non-league, Steve King, had said to me, he said, I'll get you in the football league playing centre-midfield, but he said, I'll get you in the championship playing centre-back. Um, but funnily enough, never actually played me there. Um, and I told him that story and he, as Graham does, he just said, yeah, 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 OK. And then he just walked off thinking about it. And then we played Morecambe in the pre-season friendly Um the actual game Lee Trundle were injured in actually I remember and um, I played centre-back in that game and sort of from there it, I think that probably sowed the seed that you know I could play in quite a few positions um, but you know having played centre-back a little bit in pre-season I think I ended up starting the first game against Colchester up front um, so it, it's you know it's, it's never easy to do that and you know but um, at the time, I was obviously a lad that just wanted to be a footballer, yeah. and I'd stepped up that many leagues, so I was just grateful to be in the team and playing. You know. Yeah. Um, so, what what would you say was your your best position? I would say, at the time, I would have said centre midfield. Um, looking back on it now, I think if I had played centre back a lot younger, then that would have been my my best position. But because how I found with centre back being centre-back is a lot of it is knowing the position knowing where yeah. to be knowing what to do knowing how to use your body for headers um, and you know to step up that many leagues and then play a new position it's, it's tough I was I was learning on the job mm. um, I was learning in league one for a team that was expected to get promotion and um, you know it's tough um, I had to learn quick you know I, I did have some good games there and um, but you know looking back on it now at nearly 34 nearly 35 and the experience I've got now, if I had that, you know, at 25, 26, um, then I think centre-back probably would have been my best position and yeah. a position that I probably would have been, I, I sort of backed myself to have held down for, you know, a lot longer than I did. So what was your favourite position then? Would you have said that um, centre-mid? Fa- yeah, my favourite position was centre-midfield. I say, I think anyone who's scored goals will tell you that scoring goals is the, you know, the most enjoyable thing. Yeah. Um, 
uh, certainly, you know, you can't really beat that feeling of, you know, scoring goals in a, in a team that's winning things and, and doing well. So um, that's all I've experienced in non-league. You know, every team that I've been at had been successful and, and got promotion. So it was, um, you know, that was certainly something that I, I enjoyed doing the most. And, um, you know, even at Preston in my in my early, early start to that season, I think I'd scored maybe, f- I think it was four in eight or maybe yeah, four in nine, yeah. something like that. So... Started off okay on the goals front, um, but ended up playing up front on my own quite a bit. And um, obviously, the, we weren't doing as well as, as we'd expected. We were sort of languishing around mid-table, which was not, you know, not pleasing. And um, you know, I did I did chop and change around that season. I, I say I remember playing right back for a game and uh, or a few games and, and centre back. So um, you know, certainly, I would say with scoring goals, it's you know, it's something you need to get used to rather than it's not it's not it's not easy to turn it on and turn it off. And especially, you know, being a centre midfielder coming onto the ball, into the box to score is a lot different than being in there already marked with with centre arse. Yeah. Um and again that's that's something I had to learn. I, you know, I felt my general play was actually very good, but you know, I didn't score as many goals as I should have. I missed a few chances and um, you know, I, I sort of probably look back on that season as maybe what what could have been. I probably probably should have scored I think I scored seven or eight I probably should have scored you know probably 12 or 15 goals that season on chances created so um, you know I found that quite difficult and you know obviously I was trying to learn it and I was practicing and training and stuff but you know it obviously took a little little longer than I expected and by the, yeah. by the time I'd you know it's an unforgiving league and you know you're playing with good players so by the time I'd uh, you know sort of come around to to realise what I needed it, you know I'd change positions again <laughs> Did you did you play in the Swindon game? Uh Canio when he, he whipped Wes Foddering. No, nah, I was on the bench. I was no, I was on the bench in that game actually. What what was that like? Just yeah, from strange, being involved and obviously around yeah, the place. Of course. Well, it was a strange one, obviously there was quite you know, a fairly as it is with, you know, someone of his sort of status, there was a quite a bit of media coverage with it and stuff. Um, you know, we started the game really well actually. I remember Akpo Sodji was playing up front with Stuart Bevan and they um they were causing them all sorts of problems. Swindon just couldn't deal with them and we I think we were two maybe two up or three up early yeah. on. Um and Paolo was going mental on the sidelines. He was throwing <laughs> his arms around, he was going nuts, he he was blaming everyone and I, I think um Wes Fodrum might have made um might have made a mistake for one of the goals. Yeah. Um and that was it. He just lost it, and he, he said he, he he told the young lad, and actually the young lad who who came on was a was a local lad to me, actually, um, one of my mates' brothers who never played a game in the league in his life. Um, he was only on the bench, just sat there, not even warmed up, and he said, "Right, you're coming on." Um, oh. So he yeah, he could see he looked a bit shocked. Um, they held his they held his uh, his number up, and and Wes came off and. <laughs> Paolo, they were shouting at each other. I remember him running down a thing. He booted a he booted a bottle and then he yeah. threw his uh, he threw his gloves down. But obviously, as an opposition player, you look at that and you sort of you know it's going to be a day. You know you've got them. when when yeah. players are arguing with their own manager. It's it's uh, it's never a good situation. And you know, obviously, we ended up running out sort of fairly comfortable winners up there. Yeah, I think we won four 0 Yeah, so there you go. So yeah, yeah. It's, how, how did how did Graham react to that? Um, he didn't he didn't really say too much to be honest. He, he you know, he was probably reveling in it. It's, um, you know, it, he, t- he tended to see sort of, 
you know, when you come up against other teams, it was sort of a battle of the minds for the managers and he would, you know, he would like to win his battle on the touchline. He would always yeah. mention that, you know, when you individual battles and he, he sort of pits himself up against, um, you know, other managers. And I think probably having seen that with the, the manager arguing with his own players and Paolo throwing his arms up in the air, I think that probably, uh, you know, played into Graham's hands and, you know, he probably felt good about that one. I think he probably thought he won a battle of the minds there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine he probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, just an, a completely surreal time watching it, as, a, as obviously, as a fan. And yeah, like of course. Said, Paolo Di Canio coming in and the, 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 the sort of stature he's got in the game and then you just, you're seeing that happen right before you're yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was obviously, it was obviously surprising for all concerned, but you know, I think it probably shows the passion he's got for the game. He, yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of managers might have just sort of accepted it and batted down the hatches, etc. But, um, you know, he obviously wanted to win and make a statement, etc. Which, you know, was his call. But in the end, it didn't didn't quite work for him. Yeah. Um, so did did you find it a help or a hindrance being moved around and changed position so much? Um, I probably found it a hindrance. It was a yeah. help to. It was a, probably a help to. Um my contract situation because I got, got an extra year on my contract if I made a certain number of appearances. So yeah. um, it's obviously a help in that case, but uh, you know, as far as my career goes, I probably didn't find it was a help. It, it you know, it, say it, especially, you know, if you go from maybe centre midfield to right midfield, etc., it's not quite as, as big a shift, but when you're going from centre back to centre, centre forward, it's a completely different game. Um, yeah. playing, you know, you're playing with your back to goal rather than, you know, with everything in front of you. Um, you know, so I, I certainly found it, you know, more difficult than not. But, you know, I always did my best. I, was, I say I was more than happy to play wherever was required. Um, and actually, I remember we played, I think it was Berry on Boxing Day. Um, and we'd done the shape. We weren't training on Christmas Day. We'd done the shape all before it. I was playing um, I was playing centre-back. I was doing all right. Um, and I got a call from Graham on Christmas Day. No, I got, sorry, I got the tip. I don't know if it was a call or a text. Anyway, got the team through and I was playing up front. Probably a text, knowing great. Yeah, I think we always used to get texts on the on the morning of the games, you know, it's uh, telling the team and all that sort of stuff on what we were going to do to the opposition that day. Um, that was nothing new. That was every game. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and the text came through and I was playing up front, which I was obviously surprised about. Um, turned up to the game. We ended up drawing nil-nil and I had a lot of chances. I probably should have had a hat-trick that day. Um, yeah. And we got in after the game, and I'm, I remember Graham saying to me, "I don't think you were you were imagining scoring goals on Christmas Day." And I said, "Graham, I was imagining keeping clean sheets because I was supposed to be playing centre back." <laughs> and it was the first time I've ever seen him speechless. He didn't even know what to say. I think I think he, he just accepted that like, there's nothing really he could have done yeah. about it. And that was the way he is. He, he sort of wanted you envisaging your position and what was going to happen in the game. And, um, a lot of mind management and um, you know the mental side of the game and yeah. that side of it was certainly difficult when like say you 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 think you're going to be playing centre back and then you find out a few hours before the game that you you know you're the other end of the pitch and you got to try and score them instead of instead of stopping them so um, that's something I, I did find difficult and you know it wasn't even as though I would play ten games up front and then ten games at the back it could it could literally change in game or from game to game so. Yeah. Um, you know, I did find that difficult, but, you know, I always obviously did my best with it. 